AppSec awareness has grown in leaps and bounds since the Veracode state of software security was first fielded a decade ago. In SOSS Volume 1, most of the conversation was around trying to explain and advocate for application security. Today, far less of that is necessary, and more emphasis is put on talking about how to build an effective, mature application security program. Hi, I'm Joan Goodchild, Content Director with IDG. It's clear, positive AppSec signs in 2019 are here. AppSec has grown up. In this episode of A Hard Look at Software Security, we will discuss what this means for security best practices and what we expect in the future. I'm joined by Chris Weisopel, Chief Technology Officer with Veracode. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Joan. So let's dive in right there. What are some of the factors around this change with AppSec that you're observing in these programs? Yes, so we're just seeing a tremendous increase in the number of organizations that are doing something around automated application security testing since we first started studying this 10 years ago. We did a uh, our most recent state of software security report across all of our customers there was 85,000 applications that they were performing application security testing on. And back 10 years ago, there was only around 1,600. So that's an increase of over 50%. And it just shows in the last 10 years, there's a lot more awareness of the need to secure your software before you you know, put it into production. And a big factor of that is doing automated application security testing. Great. Well, that's progress. Now, let's dig more into the research. What did the data uncover when it comes to what organizations now are doing with these programs? So if we look across all of our different organizations, you know, we have varied maturity from organizations that are just starting out, organizations that have been doing it for a few years, and and very mature organizations. But if we look at sort of the the average organization, we see that one of the interesting findings is that, you know, things haven't changed all that much. We, we've seen from 10 years ago to today, a little, it's gotten a little bit worse. Uh, 11% more applications have at least one vulnerability in them. It went from 72% up to 83%. So you think, you know, things would get better over 10 years with awareness and, and people doing the testing. But it actually turns out that there's more vulnerabilities, uh, more vulnerable apps. But there, there, is a, there is sort of a silver lining here. And we look specifically at high severity flaws. And in volume one, 34% of applications had high severity flaws. And in this last uh, year study, only 20% had high security flaws. So that's a decrease of 14%. That's good news. So we kind of we kind of have a mixed a mixed scenario here. There's more apps that have vulnerabilities, but as far as the highest severity, those have those have gone down a little bit. So I think that goes to show that you know people are maturing, and a good place to start is with the most serious vulnerabilities, trying to tackle those. Sure. Now, another interesting finding is that while we've grown in awareness about the risk, we aren't actually reducing it. What does that say? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. So there's definitely more organizations scanning their code, and they're scanning more apps. I mean, the data going from 1,500 to 85 just shows us more 
more scanning activity, so there's more uncovering of risk that's happening. But when we looked at the average number of days to fix a flaw that, that's known, it went from 59 days to 171 days. So that's the average. What we went and looked at, what's the median time, right? What's the median? Because median can sometimes tell you more information of what's going on with the data. And the median stayed the same. It went from 59 days to 59 days. So what that tells us is there's a lot of vulnerabilities that are just taking a really long time that's skewing the average. And that means that there's a lot of technical debt building up. And so there's awareness, there's testing, there's findings, but there's not a lot of remediation. And so I think that's where we are um, as an industry and, and what we're doing as a company. We're trying to help people fix now. People know they need the test. They're doing the testing. They're getting a mountain of vulnerabilities because the code is buggy with security bugs, but they're struggling to figure out how to fix all the things that have been found. A reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Vericode, which delivers the application security solutions and services today's software-driven world requires. Chris, where do you think things are going with AppSec and business? What's the next maturation to make it practical in building in business drivers and to make it more pervasive? Yeah, so um, I think we have to change from the mindset that the riskiest apps deserve deserve security testing and, and fixing of their vulnerabilities, and the the average app doesn't doesn't need that. So you know, security becomes sort of an exception, right? You know, we don't really do that with quality, right? Every single app really kind of needs to do what we want it to do, and not crash and not lose our data. And so, you know, quality is pervasive across software development processes. It gets built in. It becomes a standard thing. You, you build tests. You run your tests before you go to production. And security in a lot of organizations is still seen as, as, as an exception. Someone has to raise their hand or do a prioritization and say, you know, point to, you know, 10% of the apps or 20% of the apps and say, these are the ones that deserve security testing. And what happens is that mindset means that security is not something that is just a standard way of building software that we would want to, by default, every application be secure. And maybe it's an exception to not do it, but, but the standard way of thinking would be to build this in. And that means every developer starts to understand it. Every tool chain that is used for building software has security testing and other security processes baked into it, and it becomes a standard way of building software. And I think that's really the next phase, is to not make security a special process that's only done some of the time, but it just becomes a standard way of, of building software. And we see organizations that do that become much, much more successful at, at building uh, secure software, even in the cases that where it used to be an exception, by building it into the process and making it part of the standard way of building software, they get better at it over time. And so that those, you know, maybe if before they were doing it only on 20% of their apps, they're actually doing it better on those 20% because as developers move from project to project, it becomes a standard way of doing things. 
We would be remiss not to discuss the role of DevSecOps in all of this. What's changed when it comes to teams working together in business on application security? So I like to say DevSecOps is one of the best things that's ever happened to application security because what I was talking about before, making it a standard way of of building your software, when it comes to DevSecOps, it kind of has to be built into the process. When you're doing a waterfall methodology where you're probably shipping your code four times a year and you have a long release cycle, it's easy to put off security to the end. It's easy to have a a handoff to another team that takes care of security and delivers findings back to you. You know, that maybe that process could take weeks. But as you move to Agile, where you're maybe shipping once a month or faster than that, those times start to get compressed and handoffs and doing things at the end start to start to not be workable. But when we go to DevSecOps, where we're doing releases on a daily basis, you have to build security in. You have to automate it. The team that's building the software has to take ownership. They can't be handing it off to an external security team that will get back to them at a later date. So what DevSecOps is doing is it is making security part of the normal way of, of building software where your DevOps toolchain has security testing built in. How you deal with the findings and prioritize the findings is built into your process, just like you do with a finding around you know, a feature not being ready or, or a quality bug being found. So DevSecOps is really accelerating this change that security becomes default and regular and, and, and normal part of building software. Of course, not all organizations are in the same place when it comes to implementing DevSecOps. What are some best practices you suggest for building this kind of culture and getting teams working together in this way? Yeah, so even if you aren't used doing DevSecOps, you really want to break down, break down silos between a development organization and the security organization and start to embed the knowledge the practices, and the tools into the development organization. So even if you're not, you know, you're releasing on a daily basis and doing full continuous integration, even if you're just an agile organization that isn't that automated, you can still break down the silos and start with the concept of one thing that we like to do at Veracode is the concept of the security champion which is someone who is trained enough to handle some of the security work that's part of that development scrum team. And it's not always a question that has to go back to the security team. They have to become available. Then, then they have to you know, do some digging and, and figure something out. We want that to be the exception case. We want more knowledge in the security team of how to use the tools and look at the findings and how to prioritize things and really kind of understand the risk when, when a finding is found. And so that embedding of that expertise into the development team really kind of changes the culture. And you're not, you're not dealing with handoffs between organizations and kind of siloed thinking that the development team is starting to take responsibility for shipping secure code. Conversely, you want the security team to take responsibility for not slowing down the development team and, 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 and having releases go out on time and it's, it, it's looked at as a failure in the security team if they slow down the development team. So that kind of you know, understanding each other organization's goals 
and, and working together to deliver secure software on time is really the culture that, that we want to promote and the culture that will deliver the best outcome for, for organizations. Going beyond business walls, what do you see as the future for AppSec? Yeah, so um, I think that, you know, one, one place that has to change is the education that engineers, software engineers get through, you know, computer science programs and computer engineering programs in, in, in universities. One of the things is it's really rare that someone comes out as a, and gets a job as a software developer and has any training when it comes to security. It's thought of as not a core part of understanding how to build software. And, you know, that just tells me that, you know, computer science programs really haven't changed when it comes to the way we use software today. They're still building the way we build software for, you know, mainframes that run back office applications, not mobile apps, which have private data you know, connected to the internet, and there's an environment where there's pervasive attackers trying to steal people's data. Every app has to be secure now because it's very likely it's going to have private data. It's very likely it's going to be connected to the internet. So I, I think higher education has to change, and building secure software needs to become a core part of what it means to be a, a software engineer and be ready for that job. Great. Well, that is all the time we have for today. I want to thank Chris Weisopel for joining us. And you can check out Veracode.com for more information about AppSec maturity and the findings of Veracode's research on the topic. For IDG and Veracode, I'm Joan Goodchild. reminder that you can find more episodes of A Hard Look at Software Security in the podcast section of CSO Online, also available through the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated in association with its sponsor, Veracode.